0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to The Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, back with some more scary stories for your nighttime enjoyment. It is November the 19th and next week is Thanksgiving. So I want to go ahead and wish you a happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. I hope you have a safe one. If you're traveling, perhaps you'll listen to this show while you're riding down the highway or flying on the airplane or whatever. And I hope you enjoy this newest episode. But first, let me invite you to MyHauntedDolls.com, where you can shop in my bookstore. All of the books I've published are out there. They make dandy gifts for the holidays, which are just around the corner, literally. They make great stocking stuffers. And there's something for everybody out there. So, be sure to check out the store at MyHauntedDolls.com and get your autographed copy today. These books are also available at online book retailers like Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble. They're even available on Kindle, and a few of them on audiobook. Also, while you're out there, follow the link to my YouTube channel, My Haunted Dolls, where you can find a lot of the videos of paranormal evidence and stories, about the haunted items in my collection, and the live show that I do every Tuesday night with Abnormal Alabama. You can join us there Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time for two hours of just craziness, wackiness, and sometimes some spooky stories. So be sure to check that out as well. For my episode tonight, I've lined up a couple of pretty creepy stories. This first one takes place on a college campus. College campuses can be a frightening place, especially at nighttime when it's quiet. People are in bed and you're out walking alone, perhaps from the library or a late evening class. You're walking to your dorm or to your car, and you think perhaps you hear footsteps on the pavement behind you. Your mind thinks maybe someone is following you, and perhaps they are, such as this story, which is called Hatchet Man. There were warnings all over campus about a hatchet man who was supposedly abused as a young boy and lately had killed a woman in Bloomington. All the girls were warned to walk in pairs and to stay in brightly lit areas if they had to go out at night. A certain sophomore and her roommate were staying in the empty dorm over Thanksgiving break. Since both of their families were out of the country, they had nowhere else to go. They had grown very bored as the day followed boring day and night followed boring night. Tired of staying inside every night for fear of the hatchet man... Her roommate suggested they have dinner at the local bar, and so the sophomore, whose name is Becky, agreed. The two women had lingered longer than anticipated, and it was almost midnight when the sophomore, Becky, more than a little drunk, decided to walk back to the dorm. Her roommate was busy flirting with the bartender, so she headed into the dark, silent streets all by herself. Becky had forgotten all about the hatchet man warnings. It wasn't until she took a shortcut through a dark, creepy alley that she remembered there was a desperate murderer on the loose. Becky shivered feeling suddenly sober and very much alone. She felt as if hostile eyes were peering out at her from every menacing shadow and darkened doorway. She quickened her pace. Wait, was that heavy breathing she heard behind her? Were those footsteps walking in time with her own? Becky broke into a run, her heart pounding fiercely. She was sure that someone was following her. She darted onto the college campus, zigzagged through the buildings, and flung herself panting into the dorm She pounded up three flights of stairs, down the hall, and slammed into her room, locking the door behind her. It was only then, leaning against the door with her heart racing, that she started to feel foolish. There was no sound from the hallway, no footsteps, no heavy breathing. No hatchet breaking through the wood of the door. She'd been a fool. Becky staggered to the bathroom to to wash up for the night, leaving the door locked behind her. She kept glancing in the mirror to make sure that everything was secure. The scene in the mirror was normal, and there was no sound in the empty dormitory. Everything was just fine, she told herself. Then she remembered that her roommate was still at the bar. She didn't want her roommate to walk home alone, so she called the bar and asked the manager if he would arrange for her roommate to be brought home in a taxi. The music in the background was loud and she wasn't sure if the manager understood her request, but at least she tried. Becky curled up in bed with the reading lamp on, determined to wait up for her roommate. But the combination of heavy drinking and her earlier fright sent her into a deep sleep, almost at once, and she did not awaken, until the sun came pouring in the window early the next morning. She woke up with a hangover and rolled over, trying not to be sick in the bed. When she looked across the room, she realized that her roommate was not in the bed on the far wall. In fact, it looked as if her bed had not even been slept in at all. She rolled to her feet, her heart pounding with dread. Maybe her roommate had spent the night in the lobby. Her roommate had done that once before, went out partying until the wee hours of the morning, saying it was too much trouble to climb three flights of stairs. With trembling hands, Becky unlocked the door and wrenched it open in search of her roommate. The unmistakable, faintly metallic scent of blood smashed into her nostrils as the door swung open. That was her only warning before her shocked eyes saw blood spattered all over the walls and the floor of the third-floor hallway. She screamed in terror, leaping backward away from the partially decapitated body of her roommate. The body lay dead at her feet, The throat slit from end to end and blood pooled underneath the torso. The nails on her outstretched hand were torn and splintered where they had scratched desperately at the wooden door. A black shadow lay across her roommate's body. Becky looked up in a daze, her gaze following the black shadow to its source. Embedded in the window frame near the entrance to the staircase was a blood-stained hatchet outlined in the light of the rising sun. Wasn't that a frightful, yet delightful, chilling story? And since it took place at Thanksgiving, just perfect for our Thanksgiving holiday coming up next week, so be sure to share that with family and friends. Hey, at least as a warning, not to go out alone at nighttime, right? And now it's time for our next story. You know, speaking of thanksgiving, one thing we often do around the table is pray over our food. We pray to give thanks for what we have and the abundance that is blessed to us. So this next story is kind of quite fitting, too. Though it may not be a thanksgiving story exactly, it does deal with prayer. This one is called Pray for your soul. Simeon was a jolly round little man with a cherry red face and a button for a nose. He sat every day in the front window with a bottle of whiskey at his side and he would beckon folks over to the window sill, put up the pane of glass, and tell them his latest riddle or story. Folks in town shook their heads over little Simeon, but they liked him. He would tell the children strange and wonderful stories after school about faraway places and magical things. He never did a lick of work. Folks in town said he'd ruined his health in the mines long ago, and his heart was too weak for him to do anything but sit around and watch the world go by. Simeon's wife, on the other hand, was tall and dour of countenance. She wore black every day with a large crucifix "'around her neck. "'And she was as capable and hard-working as Simeon "'was lazy and kind. "'She despised her husband's indolence. "'Every day before she left to clean the mansion house in the city, "'she would stop in front of the little bench, "'glare at her rosy-cheeked husband and say sternly, "'Pray, Simeon?' Pray for your soul. If you cannot work, then pray. Simeon beamed at her and said, Yes, Constance. But no one ever saw him pray, not once. Nor would he go to church on Sunday or on high holidays. Even on the coldest day of winter, Constance would bundle herself up against the fierce winter winds and march stolidly downtown to church, where she would pray for hours on her hands and knees before marching home again. But jolly round Simeon would sit in the window and smile as the world passed by. Pray, Simeon, Constance would thunder at him, Pray! But Simeon refused to pray. Simeon told the local minister that he lost his faith down in the mine when the shaft had caved in on him and he'd lain for hours in the darkness, hallucinating as the air became more and more poisoned. "'God abandoned me down there,' said Simeon. "'I prayed all day and all night "'for him to send an angel to rescue me, "'and the angel never came. "'If my shaft supervisor hadn't come a-looking for me, "'I'd have been dead right enough. "'And he, he did not get there in time "'to save my heart and my lungs.' They were wounded so bad I could never work again. After that, I cursed God and the angels. They abandoned me, so I abandoned them. It seemed wrong to see such a jolly fellow so solemn and stern. The local minister wanted to point out that the shaft supervisor might be considered by some... To be an angel sent by God, but something in little round Simeon's eyes shut him down before he could form the words. So the local minister just told Simeon that he would pray for him. When he heard that familiar word, Simeon's jolly face twisted as if he'd been bitten into a lemon. For a moment, he looked strangely like his dour wife. Pray, he spat out the word. That's what Constance says. She says my disability was caused by my lack of faith. Me, who went to church faithful every Sunday since I was a lad. Don't pray for me, minister. I'm done praying. Simeon was telling his latest riddle to a group of businessmen on their way home from work one evening when he gave a sudden gasp right before the punchline. The whiskey bottle slipped from his grasp and smashed on the floor. And little round Simeon dropped dead, just like that, slumping forward until his forehead lay across the open window sill. They shouted for Constance, and one man ran for the doctor, but they all knew it was too late. Simeon had gone to meet his maker, happy in nature, but bitter of soul. And all Constance could say when she saw him lying in the window was, Pray, all of you, pray this doesn't happen to you. The men backed away, unnerved by the grim gray presence towering behind. Constance's eyes were sparkling with manic fervor, and the men were grateful to poor dead Simeon over her walk away. Everyone in town was stunned by Simeon's death. The children, especially, were devastated. They'd come every day to the window to listen to his stories, to hear his jokes. They were heartbroken to lose him. Grim Constance arranged a big funeral with the local minister. Everyone in town came to the church that evening when the funeral bell tolled. There wasn't a dry eye in the place when the minister gave the eulogy, standing beside the closed casket. When asked to speak, Constance stood up in her seat, black veil quivering with her intensity, and spoke only one word, Pray. The word echoed around the great hall and seemed to grow louder. One by one, the candles around the altar blew out until there was only a shadowy darkness behind the casket. The interior of the church quivered with the electric intensity of an approaching storm. A voice from nowhere spoke the word again from the air above the altar. Pray, it whispered. Pray, and then it thundered the word, Pray. A ball of light appeared above the minister's head and grew larger until it formed into the round figure of Simeon. His red face was twisted with pain and anger, and his eyes were fixed on the black veiled figure of Constance. "'You gave guilt when you should have given compassion,' he cried, towering above the altar, his round form pulsing from dark gray to blinding white in a way that made people's skin crawl. "'You gave scorn instead of understanding,' he boomed, raising one arm slowly and pointing a finger at his wife." "'and hatred instead of love. "'Constance gasped and shrank back "'from the terrible, strobing figure of Simeon. "'He leaned close to his cowering wife, "'his massive form filling the front of the room. "'Pray, Constance,' Simeon said, "'and his voice was suddenly happy and gentle. "'Pray for your soul.' and then his figure towered upward until it reached the arched ceiling far above pray simeon howled his voice rising so high the stained glass windows shattered and everyone in the congregation bolted out the doors hands clapped over their ears a bolt of lightning crashed forth from the heavens And crashed into the large oak tree in the center of the graveyard adjoining the church, and the wailing voice ceased as suddenly as it had started. Slowly, the minister and the townspeople made their way back into the sanctuary. The candles had flickered back into life and the air was warm and sweet with incense, the atmosphere gentle and sorrowful and kind. But slumped on her knees in front of the altar beside the closed casket, her hands clasped in an attitude of prayer, was the stiff and still figure of Constance. Her forehead touched the floor and her wide, open eyes were fixed in an expression of fear and dread. Blood trickled slowly from both of her ears. She was dead. some kind of story there. You know, sometimes even bad people can pray. But only a good heart will shine through brightly to inspire others. So make sure your light shines brightly as you give thanks this holiday. And as you gather around your family and have your Thanksgiving dinners, enjoy the company. And appreciate what you have. And then, of course, when the sun goes down and the cool breeze blows through the tree limbs that creak and groan with the approaching winter, keep those doors and windows locked, cover up tightly in bed, but still have a happy haunting. <laughs>